Hello, and welcome to the finale of the Kumite of Minutia Mastery Trivia Knowledge thing. <laughs> you bombed out. <laughs> you, kind of, you trailed off again there. Yeah, man. Well, I wanted to be kind of a shout out to the beginning of the tournament where I would try so desperately hard to come up with something pithy and exciting, and I would fail routinely. You know, it's funny when people ask me, what's the real Davo like? I say, pithy. Pithy. Yeah, I love that He's word. Pithy. Pithy. Yeah. So our quest for the top of the mountain has failed, Andy. <laughs> oh, but, it hurts. It hurts. But, Kells, you have ascended to the top of the mountain. The temple is in sight. Sensei Neil is in the lotus position, holding a small pebble in his right hand. Can you take it? Uh, board, no break back. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sensei Neil, can you give us the rules, please? It, yeah, I got to untangle myself from this lotus position because honestly, I'm not designed to build, I'm not designed to bend that way anymore. <laughs> So the rules are, we have a theme, I assume, and there's going to be six categories of four questions each. Each question is worth 10 points, uh, maybe a few bonuses in there. And then a uh, final question that should be worth up to 100 points. So the finale of this marvelous tournament, the way it's working is this. Andy and I have split the question writing duties between us. We have each written three categories. I have taken on the final question as well. We have worked to come up with some of the most diabolically evil questions. Um, Dave and I had to work on these separately because if you saw all the questions at once, uh, you would turn to a pillar of salt. Uh, <laughs> one of my students accidentally saw three of the questions at once, and they're still in the nurse's office. It's wow. uh, these are extraordinarily evil questions. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I can handle it. I don't know about else. Yeah, I feel all right. The theme for this episode is well, it's the theme for the entire tournament: martial arts. Oh. Hmm. And we're going to give you the questions. Tag team. Yeah. <laughs> Ted Please don't do wow. that anymore. <laughs> you too. So, I will be starting the questions with category one science. Mm, science. Yeah. Question number one The martial arts involves strength, speed, Discipline and very precise movements. What is the science most likely to study this intense physical conditioning? Locked in? Let's see, two come to mind. I'm locked in. Okay. Sensei. Well, my first thought was physiology, but that's more just about anatomy, I think. And I vaguely remember some of the athletes at my university got degrees in kinesiology. And so that's my answer. Okay. 
Kels? My former roommate, who is a coach now, shout out to the third coach, Jordan, that I know. Um, mm-hmm. He majored in kinesiology, so I went with kinesiology. The correct answer is kinesiology. Mm-hmm. Question number two. Striking is a foundational part of martial arts, and much has been made in martial arts circles about something known as punching power. By what unit of measure is punching power quantified? Hmm. Hmm. I'm locked in. Sure. All right, I'm locked in. Sensei? Um, so... I don't, I've never heard that term before. And so there might be something specific just for that. But my guess is that punching power would be a, a measure of force, which uh, traditionally would be a Newton. So that's my answer. Black belt Kells. Also with the Newton. I was thinking along the same, same lines as uh, Sensei Neil. They are a unit of measure and they are also delicious. Newtons. <laughs> I like me a good big Newton. I like a good Newton. So trivia nugget time. There is mm-hmm. you are exactly correct uh, on the measurement. It is a Newton. The unit of force is the Newton, which is one kilogram meter per second squared. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there is a me- there is a way there is a eight step formula. If you wanted to measure your Newton. How many Newtons you, you throw with a punch. So you calculate the mass of an arm. You measure the time it takes that arm to cross a certain distance and hit the bag. It's a relatively, it's actually not that complicated. But a boxer, for example, this is just an example. A boxer weighing 147.7 pounds and his arm weighs a certain amount can generate 433 Newtons which is the equivalent of 97.34227 uh, pound force. Okay. If mm-hmm. you recall in the movie Rocky Four, Yes. Ivan Drago, that horrible Russian murderer, was... Soviet. Soviet. You're right. The Soviet boxer, he was, he was actually measuring his punching power. And if you recall what his punching power number was. Was it 700 something? It was 2,400 PSI. Oh. Which is. Everything he hits, he destroys. Yes. It is the equivalent of being hit by a ton of force. And it's not humanly possible. Although there has been some rumor out there in the world that Mike Tyson hit at 1,800 PSI. Wow. I'm going to find out. No, yeah. And there's a lot of debate as to what martial art provides the most, you know, punching power just for the stats. But uh, heavyweight boxers are pretty scary. That's all I'm going to say. I'm pretty sure the Hawaiian punch was the the heavier of all punches. I like the Hawaiian punch. You you mix it with a little bit of vodka, it's delicious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Question number three in science... (laughs) (laughs) martial arts also heavily rely on joint manipulation and pressure points 
Mm-hmm. What is a pressure point, scientifically speaking? It's the Vulcan depth drip, isn't it? That would be a very good example of a pressure point. Yeah, pretty sure. I'm locked in, I think. Almost went with a carburetor moment there, Debo. That was just for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <It> carburetes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a point that pressures. <laughs> mm. I'm not exactly sure how I want to word this. There's a little bit of flexibility in the wording, but you two, black belt level sensei, you give me good wording. I'm locked in. Okay. We're going to go with the sensei. I I said that it's a bundle of nerves. Okay. Can you be more specific? Um, uh, Like nerve endings? Uh, Kells, do you have an answer? I do. I said it was a point on the body that when manipulated can cause pain or limit function. Can you be more specific? Uh, A group of nerves in the body that when manipulated can cause pain or limit function. I'm going to read you my answer. And since you two are masters of the trivia arts, we'll see what you think. So a pressure point in this context is a place on the body where a nerve ends, branches off like a Y, or crosses or overlaps with one another. Hmm. I think since a Neil's answer is better, what do you guys think? Yeah, so it's it's much closer than mine. It's not exact though. It is not exact. The point where the what I was really looking for with this pressure point answer, and quite frankly, it's hard to find a very specific definition of a pressure point. I was looking for you to mention nerves and a nerves and endings or nerves and overlaps. Uh, you know, where you see what I'm saying? Gotcha. Not necessarily a, a bundle. Not really a bundle of nerves, nerves but it, but the nerve is a spe- in a specific location or has a specific length. So I'm going to give the points gotcha. to Neil. Do you agree, Sensei Neil? Uh, well, since I'm playing against Kells, I'm not going to turn down any points. <laughs> Fair enough. And your final question in science. <laughs> Just because I know you enjoy doing it. So. I do. really does. Don't take it away from him. I won't. <laughs> Question four. Speaking of pressure points, what field of study utilizes them in a dramatically different way than the martial arts? Locked in. Locked in. All right. Sensei. Um, So there's a thing called acupressure that is kind of similar in principle to uh, acupuncture, except instead of needles, Mm -hmm. it uses just uh, more blunt pressure on... I think the the sort of traditional is traditional concept is that it, it manipulates your chi or something like that. But Kells, okay. Uh, well, I said acupuncture, but I, in parentheses, I, I I wrote tantra. Uh, the correct answer, or the one that I was looking for, was traditional Chinese medicine. Of which acupressure and acupuncture are a part, 
So I'm going to give each of you five points. Does that work for you guys? I can. You are in charge, so I will accept that. You're darn tootin' I'm in charge. It's the only time this whole tournament I've been in charge. <laughs> I was about to say relish this right now. Because... I'm, I'm soaking it in, man. So at the end of round one, Sensei, Sensei Neil with 35. The challenger has 25. Still anybody's game, but we'll see what what our purple belt has to say. Yes, I have developed some extraordinarily cruel questions in the category of music. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for two points each, name the artist, and for one point, the title, and for one point, the year of the extraordinary piece of art. I will read you a snippet of this art. They were trapping bend up. They were trapping bend down. It's an ancient Chinese art, and everybody knew their part. For my friend, ain't you a stiff? Then I'm kicking from the hip. So the name of the song, the artist. So to get all five points, you have to come up with the name of the song, the singer, and the year. I'm locked in. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I am locked in with nonsense. Are you locked in first, uh, Kells? What's your answer? Uh, I believe Carl Douglas with the little ditty called um, Kung Fu Fighting. Oh. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> I guess on the year <laughs> 1977. All right. And Sensei. So I, I thought that that might be it based on the, the theme, but I don't remember those words in there. So uh, I just went with... Uh, the song Abacab from Genesis in 1984. Oh, nice. <laughs> the ancient art of Abacab. <laughs> it's Carl Douglas's Kung Fu Fighting. Uh, it is a disco hit from 1974. So, Kells, you get four of the five points available for that. Um, oddly enough, this song not only sold 11 million copies for reasons that I can't possibly explain. It was also the number one soul hit of that year. Slow year, yeah. I guess. Maybe. Well, disco had yeah. spread like <laughs> the plague. <laughs> so everything. To be sure, was... but I, if somebody could define one iota of soul music mixed in with that, I would like that explained to me. Like it, it makes me smile every time it comes on. Though I, I can't <laughs> deny it. It it's so cheesy, song. it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to have a little trouble with the names here, and I apologize ahead of time for our, our Japanese listeners. We don't have any of those. Oh, boy. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, go ahead. Just do what you got to do. This band... Yeah, I've been trying to go ahead for the last five minutes. So you, you ready to go? You sure. Yeah, I'm good. Um, Welcome to my world. Yeah, I'm going to read the question here. Yeah, right. Whenever right. you're ready. Just, you, just need, you just need to wait for the banter to slow down. Oh, my God. This band's. You know, I think this is actually really good for us to, to experience this side of things. I'm sorry. 
Oh, that's beautiful. If you guys are done bantering. Because because now you, now you can kind of see what I deal with every show. <laughs> no, I felt it. Oh, that's so good. That was cold. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Okay. <laughs> this band's 1993 debut album takes its name from a 1978 fictional film that portrays a very creative version of the real life of Santi, a disciple of General Shai Shan, for three points, named the band and album, and for two points, named the film that the album takes its name from. Fuck, Dan. Are there any more points available? Because... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just so that I don't punt, I've got an artist, but I have no idea about anything else. All right, so very good. Kels, you, you locked in first. Uh, cash rules everything around me. Uh, green, get the money. Dollar, <laughs> dollar bill, y'all. I believe you're referring to the Wu-Tang Clan, whose uh, classic debut album is Into the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. And the film that they got this from and what they called their home, Shaolin, would be 36 Chambers of Shaolin. And Neil. Based on the speed with which Kells locked in and <laughs> the fact that the name of the group sounds vaguely Asian, I answered the artist Wu-Tang Clan. And yes. I don't know anything. I didn't get anything else about it. All right, so Kells gets all five points, and Neil gets two. That is what a sensei does. He reads his opponent. Reads his opponent. Yeah. Tries to deathly parry. I knew I was playing with fire with a Wu-Tang Clan question, but I thought I made that complex enough where he might stumble. The year. So I, I still want to see Kells stumble on, on a Wu-Tang Clan question, but he pulled it out. You don't get to be all right. The top the of the mountain without being <laughs> focused up. Yeah, see, <laughs> this is the part of the tag team where I go. You see, you see, here? see this? Okay. he jumped off the apron. I didn't tag you. Okay, you're you're on the apron. I'm done. Question number three: This band's contribution to the soundtrack of the Karate Kid did not do nearly as well in the charts as their first hit for a different kind of fighting movie. For two points, name the band. For two points, name the song they recorded for The Karate Kid. And for one point, name the other bigger fight song they recorded. Locked in. Wow. Really? I'm probably wrong, but I have a, I have a feeling. I'm, a, I'm working backwards from the much better song. I'm pretty sure I know which one you're talking about there. And I think this band did a did a song for the Karate Kid, but I don't remember the name of it. So I'm locked in with more than I had for the other two questions. So, And, and that's why I made that first part the hardest part, the most points. So, Kels, you locked in first again. Go ahead. I'm hoping the band was a Survivor, the song for the Karate Kid. I'm hoping is You're the Best. And the other fighting movie... Would have had to have been Rocky Three, which they did Eye of the Tiger for. And Neil. Uh, so I thought about 
you're the best but that's the theme song and that was of course joe esposito <laughs> uh, wow that's obscure well yeah everybody knows that <laughs> i had no, no I but the uh, he's the guy that did the karate kid theme uh, obviously <laughs> uh, so yeah i've got uh eye of the tiger uh from survivor for the second part and i don't know the name of the song they did it's something about being in the moment or something like that but i don't remember oh yeah you're uh, you're yeah wow you're closer than you realize uh it is of course for rocky three from 1982 uh survivors eye of the tiger um, which is why they were they were tapped to do the big fight song for Karate Kid, uh, which they did a terrible job with. It only got to number 63 on the charts, and that song was called The Moment of Truth. Ooh. Nice. So um, you each get th- three points. And question number four. NPR's Lars Gottrich describe this 2016 band's first video from their album Metal Resistance like this, quote, Backed by a band now clad in deep purple and black warrior gear, the trio battles with martial arts masters and ghosts in white robes and studded face covers. After being briefly struck down, the three young women rise up together and hold up fox signs and pull them to their hearts. It's a tender moment delivered with the ever-present wink. Name the artist for two points and the song title for three points. I'm locked in. Yeah, I, I, I got no song title, but I got a pretty good feeling I know who the band is. I'm locked in. <laughs> Neil, you locked in first. What is your answer? My answer is based on no actual knowledge of this, except that I know Andy. Based on my knowledge of Andy, I'm going to guess that the the band is Baby Metal. The description makes me think of Samurai Warriors with all the masks and studded stuff. So I guess the name of the song is Samurai. And Kells. Uh, Using the exact same logic as Neil, I landed on Baby Metal. And I just guessed the title. I said Lotus. Well, the, the name of the band is indeed Baby Metal. And what? the title of the song is Karate. Yes. <laughs> and and I want to give a shout out. That question's not mine. That question comes from friend of the show and longtime fan Lee Holt, who wrote that question. <laughs> He's a huge Baby Metal fan. <laughs> that makes it 10 times better. Oh, yeah. and, a, and a shout out to Lee and, and all the baby metal clan members that he's actually president of the fan club here, the, the Arkansas chapter. And uh, thank yeah. you, Lee, for your help with that question. All right, Dave, what are our scores? Let me do my gazintas. There we go. Do you need some help, Dave? I have the totals here. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Are you, are you using an abacus? <laughs> Maybe it's in, it's fitting with the theme, isn't it? Um, I'm so serious. We're just adding. I got it. Plus five, plus three, plus two. It's not. I got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of round two, you're not even double digits. I know. The end of round two, Neil has forty-two, 
and Kells has 39. It's anybody's game. Anybody's game. And now I will be asking you some devilishly clever questions about movies. So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) Question number one. (laughs) Which blockbuster film flies in the face of tradition by claiming that years of training and dedication can be bypassed with a simple request? Is that the whole question? That is the entirety of the question. (laughs) I'm locked in. Uh, yeah, I have no idea, but I'll lock in anyway. Sensei Neil. Well, uh, I had absolutely no idea. So I was trying to think of someone who had some kind of power without really doing much for it. And really all I could come up with is the last Starfighter, which is not the right answer. I'm sure because it was not a blockbuster. Okay. Kells. Well, I wasn't alive when this came out, so it might have been a blockbuster. So I said, uh, the 36 Chambers of Shaolin. Wow. (laughs) Well, this is the first question. Well, this is a skunk. You have been skunked. The answer to this question is The Matrix. What? Oh. Say that again. What was the question again? Say it again. Which blockbuster (laughs) film flies in the face of tradition? By claiming that years of training and dedication can be bypassed with a simple request. What's the most famous quote from that movie? I know Kung Fu. I know Kung Fu. <laughs> oh. Damn. That's where you're going with that. Well, that is devilishly cruel. I told you. I'm pretty sure I saw that movie once 20 years ago. The Matrix? Oh. <laughs> exactly yeah. 20 years ago. Wow. I didn't see that movie once. Uh, because it wasn't... Uh, I, I didn't enjoy it that much. Well, now you're spitting hot fire. That is about, you remember that podcast idea that we oh, had no. you, about Neil hates everything. I wouldn't say I hate it. I'm just not. Certainly matrix three. I accept that, but well, uh, matrix revolution, even matrix two, you can make a valid argument, but wow. The matrix really. Wow. Question number two. What 2004 <laughs> parody film stars Steve Odekirk as the chosen one and was made by combining new footage with 1976's Savage Killers, a little-known Hong Kong action film? <laughs> I don't know what this movie mm, is, but I want to see it. I think I do, though. I'm locked in. I'm kind of vaguely aware that it exists, and it's kind of a funny name. Mm-hmm. I know it has, I don't know. I know, I know at least part of the title. It seems like there was a subtitle that I, I don't recall, but I'm locked in and maybe I'll get some, some credit for it. Uh, Sensei Neil. So, so there was this, I used to play poker with my buddies back in college and there's a kind of poker called Pai Gao, mm-hmm. I think. And I could never remember the name of it. So I always called it Kung Pao, like Kung Pao chicken. Yeah. And I, remember being very, very, very vaguely amused that there was a movie recently or, you know, within the last decade or two called uh, Kung Pao something. And so that's my answer. Kells. Neil, you hadn't played in so long. I forgot how much I hate it when you do that. (laughs) (laughs) 
You've experienced wow. everything in life, sir. <laughs> but wow. He, I'm pretty sure he's right. It's Kung Pao, and I think it's like Into the Fist or something like that. Well, you, uh, well, you are both correct. It is Kung Pao. You have at least the parenthetical joy of knowing the subtitle, Kells. It was Enter the Fist. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it was a very, very funny movie. Very goofy. Question number three. 2000's Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon is a classic no matter how you look at it. It's a critical and financial success. It was nominated for 10 Oscars and that year won 40 different awards. For five points each, tell me the following. What is the subgenre this film belongs to? What is the name of the sword that drives the action of the movie? And who plays the main characters, Li Mu Bai and Yu Shu Lin? Locked in. So before I uh, lock in, I just want to point out I have never seen this movie. I've never really had any interest in it. So I am making wild ass guesses. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. It's a really good movie, man. I'd recommend it. I'm sure. But I'm locked in. Uh, Sensei Neil? So, uh, subgenre is clearly Kung Fu. And the sword could only be the sword of destiny. <gasps> and the actor is, uh, I don't know, the only martial arts actor that's current I can think of is uh, Jet Li. I have no idea about the other, the other actor. Okay. Kells? Okay. I, I want to say it's fantasy. Is a subgenre. Chow Yun Fat and Michelle Yeoh are the two main characters, mm -hmm. and I guess the Dragon Sword. So the correct answers, uh, Kells, you are correct on the uh, actors. As the story of of Chow Yun, it is Chow Yun Fat and Michelle Yeoh. The sword's name. What did you say, Neil? The Sword of Destiny. Well, the sword's actual name is Great Destiny. <laughs> So I'm gonna get I'm gonna give you three points because that's just awesome. And the subgenre is a very specific subgenre. It is not fantasy, it is not kung fu. The subgenre is something called wuja. And wuja is very specifically to the Chinese film market. It essentially translates to Chinese heroes, and it involves elements of kung fu and fantasy but there tend to be historically based hero stories of folklore from China. And so fearless and Ipman would probably think you could call them Wuja, but Wuja also has a, it's got a mythological sense. It's like ancient China. Crouching tiger, hidden dragon is a perfect example of Wuja. Some other Wuja films are more fantastical. But it involves that kind of, I mean, it's been derisively called wire foo. So gotcha. the points for that one, Kells got five and Neil got three because the sword of destiny. <laughs> <laughs> I almost went with the stick of destiny. But that's a genre. <laughs> and the final question in our movie round. In 1984's The Karate Kid, what is the name of the tournament Daniel ultimately wins? Oh, oh no. this one. 
This one I know for sure. I have vivid recollections, vivid recollection of the crane kick and the the, the tree, the, the the brackets, the bracket behind it with the name of it. I'm locked in. No, I. Two wrong answers keep popping in my head, and just write either one of them now. <laughs> Uh, one of them is a, a salad dressing brand, and the other one is from. <laughs> and the other one, the other one is from Back to the Future. Wow, <laughs> I think I know exactly where you're going. That's hilarious. Yes, it is frustrating. <laughs> uh, I'm locked in. Sensei. So I know that uh, Daniel moved from. Uh, New Jersey to Reseda, California. Mm-hmm. When I first saw the movie, that didn't mean anything to me. And then when I later moved to California myself for a brief time, I also lived in the San Fernando Valley. Not 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 exactly close to Reseda, but not far away from it. And I, I noticed that Reseda was there and I was like, oh, that's the where the Karate Kid. And the next time I watched it, I noticed that the name of the tournament was the All Valley Karate Tournament, referring to yes. the San, the uh, the uh, the Valley, like where the Valley Girls live. Mm-hmm. And so my answer is All Valley Karate Championship. Okay, Kells. Well, if you heard my mental deliberating, I was stuck between um, Hill Valley mm-hmm. and. Hidden Valley. Yes. But since we weren't talking DeLoreans and Ranch, <laughs> I was hoping it was the All Valley Karate Tournament. I wanted you to answer Hidden Valley so much. <laughs> that, would, that would have been great. The correct answer is indeed the All Valley Karate Tournament. I'm so glad. <laughs> when you finished that question, I was like, oh, yeah, it's Hill Valley. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Don't you write it. <laughs> Uh, bonus trivia nugget, guys. Uh, we all love Mr. Miyagi, correct? Yes, sure. Well, Mr. Pat Morita <laughs> got an Oscar nomination for that role. He received an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor. Huh. In 1984? In 1984. You know who won that year? Well, I'm looking it up right now. I am too. That was uh, would have been Hein Gore from The Killing Fields. Oh, I got, the, I got beat out, yeah. beat it out, beat out Caesar, John Malkovich, Pat Morita, and Ralph Richardson. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. Hmm. Would you guys like to hear the scores? Yes. Only if I'm leading. You are. <laughs> you are indeed. Wow. By one point. Wow. <laughs> Anybody's game. This, wow. the, at halftime. Sensei Neil with 65 and uh, Black Belt Kells with 64. This is nerve wracking. <laughs> Andy? Well, down here in Hill Valley, we do history questions <laughs> the old fashioned way. <laughs> These history questions will be worth 10 points and they all originate in Hill Valley. All right. Um,. <laughs> Four history questions. First history question is the war between the Eight Nation Alliance 
and the Manchu general Zhongul was called this, as it was the first time the Western world actually experienced war that included the martial arts, and they didn't really have a name for it. What was the name of this war? I'm going to lock in. Oh, really? I never knew that. I Okay. I'm, I've got a good guess. I think Kel's locked in first. Kel's, your guess is? I guess the Boxer Rebellion. And Neil? Yeah, I guessed that too. But it yeah. never occurred to me that it was because of the way they were fighting. Exactly. It was the Boxer Rebellion. The, the, the Boxer Rebellion, of course, was fought mostly with Chinese peasants versus our military. And they, they were the peasants were fighting with the martial arts and uh, kind of caught some people off guard. And they, they associated with the next closest sport they knew, which was boxing. I always thought it was fought by uh, German dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Sensei, in for a joke. All right, question number two. Built for the 1964 Summer Olympics, located in, oh, located in Kitanamaru Park in the center of Tokyo. It has hosted everything for the 1967 Women's Volleyball World Championship to the Beatles. Its name, specifically translated in English, is Martial Arts Hall. What is its full name in Japanese? And I'm going to have to uh, be a stickler on this. It's two words. I need the full name. And may I say, Andy, that is devilishly clever. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I think I noticed, but I can think of what it looks like. Devo, are you whittling? I am. <laughs> Carving up the winner's trophy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, dude. Neil? I'm still thinking. You, you ask it as if this is something that people should know. Yep, you're going to so know this. I'm trying to think of what it is. Well, don't be so sure. Just because I don't want to punt, I'm going to write something down, but it's not what you're looking for. I'm locked in. Okay, Kells, you go first. Something like the Nipku Budokai. And uh, Neil. I said Tokyo Stadium. <laughs> I almost went with Tokyo Dome. That's my first thought. Neil? <laughs> <No event. laughs> Would you have gotten it if I would have said Cheap Trick became the first recording artist to score their first number one album with a live album recorded here? I mean, I, if you'd said that, I would have said Budokan, but yeah. I don't know what the, uh, I wouldn't know what the other word was. Uh, the answer is Nippon Budokan. So no points for either one of you. All right. Next question. In what country did the colored belt system denoting rank originate? Locked in. Hmm. There's two ways I could go on that one. I'm going to lock in. Okay. Kells, you locked in first. I said Korea. And Neil. So I was kind of torn between Korea and Japan. And you just asked a Japan question. I don't know why I said Japan like that. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it's getting late at night. So that kind of kind of led me towards Korea, but then I thought I just felt better about 
um, karate being the first that had a belt color. So I just, I went with Japan. All right. Once again, I get a sweep. Believe it or not, it was introduced in 1935 to teach judo in Paris, France. Uh, the story goes that Sensei... <laughs> really? Yeah. Sensei... I, I'm going to butcher this name. Kawashi... Kayawashi Mikanosuke introduced the colored belts because he felt the Europeans needed some sort of encouragement to continue their training. And the new belts at a new grade made the sport more appealing to Europeans. <laughs> we need carrots. Lots of carrots. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and finally... My final devilishly cruel history question that is genuinely my favorite question. Developed by a division of Pfizer, this item was sold with a small self-defense instruction booklet to help users fend off women. What is the product's name? I'm locked in. I hope this is what I think it is because that would be so awesome. (laughs) I'll lock in. All right, Kel's locked in first. What's your answer, Kel's? I'm going to feel silly for this, but I said Viagra. And Neil, what is your answer? Yeah, I went the same route. It's either a joke answer or it's the right answer. It is not a joke answer. This is legit. It's not Viagra. Davo, you thought you knew? I I did. I I just... uh, So the answer isn't uh, Viagra? Nope. Yeah, your first my nope. first thought when you said that was uh the cologne high karate and it is high karate <laughs> it is the cologne high karate that my dad had a bottle of when i was growing up and i am proud to say i wore that on every high school date and it doesn't work he <laughs> didn't oh have to fight God. anybody off at Sherman High. Did, did not have to fight any of the ladies <laughs> off. Went to prom and homecoming with high karate. High karate. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't find this opportunity much, but to, to quote the great Jerome from one of my favorite TV shows, Martin, uh, no hottie can resist my body when I put on high karate. <laughs> I I was so proud of that question. (laughs) All right, Dave. I'm proud for you. Thank you. What are the scores here? Well, that that history category was fiendish. Scores, the the gap has remained the same. Neil with 75 and Kells with 74. Wow. About the same year that Kung Fu Fighting came out. All right. right. (laughs) So my final contribution to this episode, this kumite, this trying to take the pebble from the sensei's hand, is sports. (laughs) Did you strain? Did you pull a hammy when you said that? I was was stretching out. Exercise more. Yeah. Okay. Question number one in sports is how many Olympic events feature martial arts? And here is a hint. Not all martial arts are Eastern in origin. And I'll give you a bonus. 
if you actually give me the names of the events. So one point for each of the events that you name. So I want the number of events for full credit and for bonus credit, each individual event will gain you a point. Do we get a range? I can give you a, I can give you a range if you would you would like it. It will be a very short, small range. It will be a range of one on either side. <laughs> oh, I'll lock in. I'll lock in too. Okay, we're gonna go with we'll go we'll shake it up a bit and go with Kells first. I came up with five: uh, Taekwondo, Judo, Karate, Boxing, and Wrestling. Okay, and Neil. I also said five, mm-hmm. but I have a slightly different list. I've got boxing, judo, fencing, wrestling, and taekwondo. Well, let's give Neil 100% credit, 15 points for that. There are five. You didn't even need a range, guys. There are five martial arts. But you were incorrect, Kells, with one of your actual events. Karate is off and fencing is in. Ah, yes. So Neil gets 15 points and Kells gets 14 points. That's a relief because I just doubled my lead. (laughs) (laughs) So question number two dovetails off of question number one. Which nation has won the most medals, not gold medals, but medals total in each respective martial art? So for two points each, Which country won the most medals in Taekwondo, Judo, fencing, wrestling, and boxing? I'll lock in. Okay. Uh, I'm locked in. Okay. Uh, Neil. I said for boxing and wrestling, U.S. Mm -hmm. Uh, Judo, uh, I guess Japan. Uh, fencing, France, and Taekwondo, Korea. South okay. Korea. Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> um, I have the exact same answers. The well, exact you each, same answers. Exactly the same? I have well, South you, Korea for Taekwondo. Okay. And for Judo, France for fencing, and the USA in boxing and wrestling. Well, you each get eight points. You are both wrong about fencing. And it's very close, but Italy has won the most medals in fencing. Question number three in sports. Within three, okay? Within three, how many weight classes are there in mixed martial arts? Uh, I'll lock in. Okay. Sometimes there's just no point in trying to think about a question because you have absolutely no idea. It's true. Okay, I'm locked in. All right, Neil, what is your what is your guess? Ten, because it's a nice round number. Kells, what is your guess? I'm with eight. The correct answer is thirteen. Neil gets the points. Would you like to know what those weight classes are? Sure. We have at the lowest is straw weight. The upper weight limit for a straw weight fighter is 115 pounds, just for your own edification. 
You have straw weight, fly weight, bantam weight, feather weight, lightweight, super lightweight, welterweight, super welterweight, middleweight, super middleweight, light heavyweight, cruiserweight, and heavyweight. There Why is the supers. Wouldn't the super just mean that, you know, it's like saying, like, what size shirt do you wear? Oh, I'm a super medium. You mean you're a large? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I the upper Kung Fu Panda wore a super large. He did. The weight difference between a super lightweight and a super welterweight at the upper limit is 10 pounds. 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. It's a whole weight class in between there, right? Yes, welterweight, which is 170. (laughs) What's the point? I genuinely don't know. That's a lot of weight classes. Um, I can see, see, you know, you don't want a heavyweight fighting a lightweight. And if you want to get really technical, there is a super heavyweight division, but it's not utilized because they want to be able to sanction a fight. Yeah, the upper limit of a heavyweight is 265 pounds. So these are monstrous, monstrous fighters. Question number four. We're speaking of MMA. What is the name of the president of the UFC? Donald Trump. Oh, I'm not playing. You would be surprised. Holy <laughs> moly. I got a nugget. I'm locked in. Kells? I believe it's Dana White. Neil? Vince McMahon. You <laughs> would be chance. surprised. <laughs> the correct answer is Dana White. So recently, uh, the podcast uh, Chapo Trap House in conjunction with SB Nation, did a five-part video diary. They did, it was over 100 minutes long on YouTube discussing the rise of mixed martial arts in America. And one of the first episodes they addressed had to do with Donald Trump being one of the only people who would sanction MMA fights. Because at the time when it first debuted, it was blood sport and it wasn't legal anywhere else. But Donald Trump would host it in his casinos. And that, that really right. gave them a yeah, that gave them a foothold <laughs> into the mainstream and into being the billion dollar industry they are now. So Dana White spoke at the 2016 Republican National Convention as an invited guest of Donald Trump. Wow. Yeah. So how much money did Trump lose on the on the fights? Uh, he lost money on everything else he's ever touched. <laughs> yeah, it was quite a bit. At the end of round five, Neil has doubled his lead to 108 <laughs> for him, and Kells has 106. It's anybody's game. Anybody's game. It is. Andy. And we've come to the final category in the regular tournament section. We can't do something in the martial arts without an entire category on Bruce Lee. How do you guys feel about Bruce Lee? Oh. Big fan. All right. I've heard of him. <laughs> These are, again, extraordinarily cruel questions. And this first one fits into that category well. Of these names, who was not, who was not a pallbearer for Bruce Lee? Steve McQueen, James Corbin, Chuck Norris, George Lazenby, or Charles Bronson? 
one of these people was not a pallbearer. Man, I don't know. Put my lock in. And I feel I feel tricked already. <laughs> I'm locked in too. All right, Kels, you locked in first. I went with the only bond to get married. One <laughs> <laughs> with George Lazenby. And uh, Neil. So I'm kind of playing the game again. George Lazenby seemed like a really odd one to throw in there. So I figured he has to actually be a Paul Bear. Of course. So that left me with the other ones to choose from. And I could see Steve McQueen and Chuck Norris and James Coburn. I just, I just really can't picture Bronson and Bruce Lee together. So that was my answer is Bronson. It is indeed Charles Bronson. Well done, Sensei. Man, that's just amazing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Chuck, Chuck Norris is obvious because he. I mean, he's he's the martial artist. Uh, Stephen yeah. Queen and James Coburn. I picture them as tough guys, and I know Bronson's supposed to be a tough guy, but I think I just think I'm he never is a really... tough guy. I think he's supposed to be. Well, he was a boxer. I, I, yeah, he was a very yeah. well regarded amateur boxer. Uh, Steve McQueen, James Coburn, um, everybody else you listed was trained by, <laughs> by, by Bruce Lee. Is that how Lazenby got the, got the invite? Yeah, he was a student. <laughs> I didn't know Lazenby was a student of Bruce Lee. Yeah. I didn't I know. know. Okay. Yeah. Steve, I know for Steve McQueen and Coburn were, James Coburn yeah. was having a lot of trouble with his body. He had, it turns out he had uh, rheumatoid arthritis really bad and part of what got him better is peeling away all the layers of you know no more drinking no more drugs no more smoking no more nothing and pulling away like he had severe food allergies and one of the things that helped him focus was kung fu interesting Mm -hmm. Hmm. all right question number two bruce lee appeared in three episodes of batman between 1966 and 1967 as what character locked in <laughs> wow i'm raising my hand furiously <laughs> and i uh, do you have a trivia nugget on this because i got one uh, well i'll give the answer i don't know if it's a trivia nugget but we'll see but certainly if you have one i'm locked in it's a, all it's right Kells, you locked in right away we know we know batman <laughs> Calm down, Dave. Batman, get to it. Okay, okay, Dave. Kells, I believe I believe he was uh, Cato. All right, and uh, Neil. Uh, I'm glad Kells said that. I know that uh, he played Cato in the TV series The Green Hornet, and so. I don't know for sure that there was ever a crossover between the Green Hornet and Batman, but I'm hoping there was at least three. So that's my answer. There was indeed. It was a crossover from 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 Green Hornet, and it is Cato. Well done, both of you. And Davo, do you have a trivia nugget for us? A couple, actually. <laughs> can I guess that? Can I guess that one of them? Yes, you may. Would one of them be like how fast he was? That would be one of them. That they had. Yeah, they had to ask him to like slow it down so that they could capture everything. Yes. <laughs> okay. And the other one was 
you know, Bruce Lee. So you had the big epic fight with Batman versus Green Hornet. And then the sidekicks, Kato versus Robin. And as awesome as Robin is, <laughs> Burt Ward is not Bruce Lee. <laughs> so Bruce Lee was very, very adamant. At least this is a po- this may be apocryphal, but I've heard this before. Was adamant that he not lose to that guy. <laughs> Because he was supposed to, you know, on one show they would, uh, on, you know, on one show the the dynamic duo would win and the other one, the Green Hornet and Kato would win. So to compromise and actually get things going, it ended up in a tie. Ah. So. Burt Ward. With Burt Ward. <laughs> and he was not a happy camper about having to do that. He was, this is a joke. This is ridiculous. And Burt Ward himself is even like i'm not gonna fight that guy he's amazing but (laughs) for the it was like they were starting to the 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 fight was reaching it's a it's conclusion and then something happened and they like get you next time and then they've split up so bruce lee would not lose to robin basically (laughs) yeah i mean really would anybody legitimately yeah That was one by your better trivia nuggets. Thank you. Anytime we can laugh at homeless carnies, it's a good time for me. I'm, I'm glad you're happy. Question number three. What basketball star was a student of Bruce Lee's? Locked in. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I'm going to lock in. Okay, Kells. That would be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And Neil. Yeah, there's a trivia, another trivia show that I watch, and they do like King of the Mountain kind of things, and they've referred to some movie that Kareem did with uh, with uh, Bruce Lee, I think. Right? Can I get a timeout? So, mm-hmm. As long as this is, this won't be the next question, Will Andy? The, no, the movie nope. that he was in. Nope. Okay, Game of Death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah. So yeah, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So let's. It is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but let's let's be clear. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's greatest acting role is in Airplane. I will not fight you on that. <laughs> no, no, exactly. No doubt. A much higher brow comedy than Kung Pao. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite shot in that game of death is after Bruce Lee gets kicked in the chest by Kareem's size seventeen or whatever. Is that there's the footprint on on Bruce Lee's chest that's essentially <laughs> from his chin to his belly button. He's so the, the, yes. it's so incredible. Didn't he kick him while he was still sitting down? He did. Uh, uh, yeah, he just reached that long ass leg out there and kaboom, and it was great. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last Bruce Lee question. What did Bruce Lee major in at the University of Washington? What the heck? (laughs) (laughs) Know what? I got a I got a guess. Makes sense to me. I'm locked in. Hmm. Somewhere a dog barked, a baby cried, and the fat man walked alone. I don't know what that was, but I got (laughs) chill. I'm locked in. All right, Kells. Well, listening to Bruce uh, in interviews sometimes, he kind of came off as, like, very wise. 
Mm-hmm. So I just guess philosophy. And Neil. I was I was kind of leaning that direction, but then I'm trying to play the game again. And the very first question we had was the study of movement, kinesiology. It's the very first question. So I'm thinking that Davo and Kells or Davo and a- Andy worked together and made the first answer and the last answer the same thing. So my answer is kinesiology. First off, anybody that knows us knows that Devo and I do not work well together. Um, We can barely tolerate (laughs) each other. Um, I only remember the last time we've been in the same room, Devo. I can't either. I'm I'm glad of it, too. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) So... Um, I, it does seem like an odd question, but I picked this for a specific thing. Cause it was, it was a bit of a, of, I don't want to say scandal or mystery, but, um, Bruce Lee did present himself as a philosophy major. Uh, and he was very much into philosophy and he told people that's where he studied at the university of Washington, but the university of Washington made it clear that his major was drama and not philosophy when he was at the university oh. of Washington. So no points for either one of you. As long as Kells didn't get any, I'm okay with that. <laughs> so the final scores before last swing in the Kumite of Minutia Mastery. Sensei Neil with 138. Black Belt Kells with 126. It is anybody's game. I can't stand this. And I have the honor. And the privilege of presenting the final question. And I want you to know I took this responsibility very seriously. Did an exhaustive search (laughs) until Mm. I came across the perfect question on the perfect website, (laughs) martialartsnerd.com. There's such a thing? Yes. I have the top 17 answers to this question. This is an exhaustive exhaustive list of 150 of the most popular martial arts in the world, according to, as determined by Google searches, meaning this is what people are looking for on the internet, on Google, right? So as we've just, as we've determined all throughout the show, there are genres and subgenres and sub subgenres, and there are many different types of martial arts, but this is a, this list constitutes the broader searches so the most popular martial arts in the world i have 17 you need to give me 10 of them as determined by google search results do either of the participants have any questions no i got goosebumps this is very exciting and for clarity's sake for the participants in the tournament generalities are okay Ten. Okay. Uh, I hope spelling doesn't count. It does not <laughs> because I cannot see you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how we're going to do this is I am going to read my list that I have here. And each of you will check off okay. what you have. All right. And this actually is in order from one to 17. Are we going to say out loud when we have it or just count yeah. them? Just count it, and if you're excited about it, say yay, or yeah, just either way. 
So number 17 on the list is wrestling. Um, number 16 is Wing Chun. Number 15, Tai Chi. Yeah. 14, Taekwondo. 13, Muay Thai. 12, Krav Maga. Uh, number 11 is kickboxing. Sport of the future. <laughs> you get so many points for that. That's great. Uh, next on the list is Kendo. I've heard of that. Next up is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Is that different than regular Jiu-Jitsu? It is. It's got a little bit more spice on it. <laughs> it does. Uh, next on the list is Karate or Karate or High Karate or whatever you want to call it. I was just going to ask, is that the same as High Karate? Well, you... <laughs> A little bit more effective uh, than low karate. None of them man. worked for me in high school. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Strike out. Uh, next on the list is uh, Kali. Whoa. Never heard of that. Yeah. Uh, follow, next on the list is Judo. Then Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, capoeira. Oh. I didn't think that was going to be on the list. Yeah. That's a... Uh, Brazilian, yes. It I is. always I, I remember that one because it reminds me of a of a, of a capybara. <laughs> yeah, the giant rodent mimics their movements. Number three <laughs> <laughs> of the dangerous capoeira. <laughs> That's uh, number three on the list is Aikido. Number More of a two. furniture thing. Yes. Right. If you're doing it in Sweden, it's Ikea. Um, <laughs> Instructions are really complex. They are. I could kill you with an Allen wrench. <laughs> Number two is Kung Fu. And there are many, many, many types of Kung Fu. And number one is mixed martial arts, MMA. Kills, since you were trailing the sensei, how many did you get correct? I wound up with nine. Ooh, wow. Karate, Taekwondo, Rob Maga, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Aikido, Muay Thai, Kung Fu, Judo, and Capoeira. Right, that's creepy smart. I had boxing. I had boxing as my 10. Boxing just barely missed the top 17. How did you get Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and not regular Jiu-Jitsu? Legit. Because I know a lot of people that um, train in MMA, like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is like their go-to. Oh. Like they learn from like the Gracies. Yeah. The three of us train as, as well, Kel, so we, I can't believe we haven't run into each other at the gym. <laughs> it's weird. Well, that gives you that uh, impressive score for the final round gives you a total score of 216. Which means Sensei Neil must get eight correct. Well, I wasn't sure about some of these. Um, I got Karate Judo, Taekwondo, Kung Fu, Jiu Jitsu, Krav Maga. I wasn't sure about. I know it's really popular. I think that's Israeli martial art, right? Yeah. Krav Maga. Um, Muay Thai or Thai kickboxing um, Mm -hmm. is brutal. I've seen some documentaries on that. 
uh, kickboxing just for for um, my man. Uh, what's his name? Lloyd. <laughs> Lloyd. Yes, thank yeah. you, Lloyd. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I wasn't sure that one was going to be in there, but I guess I guess that's still a part of. Uh, they do that a lot in MMA, right? Yeah, uh, kickboxing is well. Muay Thai K-1. kickboxing yeah. is is different than international kickboxing. American kickboxing. Yeah. Right, right. Oh my God! How many did you get right? We're on our edge of our seat. Let's give us a I number, man. I wasn't really sure Tai Chi was going to count, but my total was uh, ten. A perfect score from the. Wow! Wow! With two hundred and thirty-eight. The sensei retains the pebble. To be fair, I would. I'm shocked that boxing is more is is not searched for more than Wing Chun, or you know some of those others. Tai Chi, I can understand. Think about Global's Google results, and Wing Chun is actually quite popular in China. And I'm also if I would if I had thought of it, I would have answered it. I would have answered that too. Given this topic, I'm surprised. The way of the intercepting fist did not show up once. I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> Come on, I worked in a Wu Tang Clan question. Come on, I appreciate that. That balanced. Thank it. you. That balanced it. Congratulations, Sensei. You have shown why you're at the top of the mountain. <laughs> I just don't think we should do that again. <laughs> you can't repeat the magic of tag team, Devo. You know, that was magical, the top of the mountain thing, not so much. Well, that's more for me than for you guys. So tune in next week, Ladle Brainers, when we will be starting a brand new tournament. None of this Kumite junk. This one will be for points with a dedicated scoring system. And maybe, just maybe, we'll be able to challenge Neil once again. So from all of us here... At the Brain Ladle Trivia Podcast, this is Devo with Andy. So long, Ladle Brainers. Kells? Still a student. And Neil? I kind of think that uh, Roller Derby should have been in that last one also. (laughs) (laughs) Signing off. What you hear, yeah. You should listen to the show on your favorite podcast app, yeah. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, yeah. You want to talk to us? You can tweet us at Ladle Brain, yeah. Also, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube. We're Brain Ladle Productions, yeah. Don't you miss it, yeah. We also have individual website in emails brainladletrivia.com you can find neil you can find kills Dave and andy yeah if you want to donate to the madness we have a patreon we hope to see you again soon go down that lonesome highway yeah dig it the preceding podcast was presented by brain ladle productions all rights reserved